Across two countries, it is the pinnacle of sporting rivalry. The history and tradition, you know, you knew you were a part of something incredibly special. Feats and deeds enshrined in folklore and national character. It's gone for it. There it is. Tests that have defined generations and careers. Yes! yes! For Headingley 1981, Reed Headingley 2019. There is no trophy quite so fiercely contested as this little urn. It gets in your blood, it gets in your system, and it seems like every Ashes series now grows and grows and grows. This is even more highly anticipated. Cricket's ultimate showdown between its oldest foes. Bradman's 199. That's his 200. Yeah. 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 That's a splendid 100. A great innings by Ian Botham. The new incarnation pits the world champions. Scott Boland takes the catch to secures the World Test Championship final for Australia. It's exciting. I think um, this one in particular seems like it's just got a little bit more on it. The whole cricketing world stops for a month to kind of put their attention on this series. Against the revolutionary force that is Fazball. Stokes backs away, flays the ball wide above it this time for six. We found a way that we're able to get the best out of the team. This is just how England play their cricket. And it might never have been more anticipated than this. The Ashes, cricket's greatest show, is right here on SEM. Stark is over the wicket at him. He's bowled him! It's the tiger! Cooley's wrapped on the pad. They're up, he's out. That is test cricket at its finest. For McCafe, celebrating 30 years of coffee, fit for an Aussie. England versus Australia. The Ashes on SEN Cricket. Good morning and welcome to SEN Test Cricket, live from Edgbaston for McCafe, celebrating 30 years of coffee, fit for an Aussie. It's here. At last, it's here. The most anticipated Ashes series since the 2005 epic. And for once, that isn't just the hype machine doing its thing, as, will, as it always will when these foes meet. Usually a clash of the friendliest enemies. This year, a clash of cricketing cultures that would have been unheard of the last time these teams met. That night in Hobart, just 515 days ago, was the nadir of Joe Root's captaincy. There were mitigating factors aplenty, but their batting was broken, broken beyond repair. They were a side in desolation and despair. Well, the rest is history. From having won just one of their previous 17, under the Stokes and McCallum leadership axis, they've nailed 11 from their next 13. All at an average run rate of 4.8 and over, routinely going at better than a runner ball for days at a time. Test cricket like we've never seen it before. But can they do it against Australia's attack? It's the question that's been posed since day dot. And we probably won't find out the answer today. Ben Stokes loves to chase on, a, on what looks like a hard track and on a beautiful day, Australia will surely bat. So here we are. Days like these are special and to savour. The collective experience we've all enjoyed of following Ashes series deep into the night, riding the bumps, it's here again. So strap in for six weeks we may never forget. It's here at last, it's here. I'm Adam Collins and with me to begin our adventure 
over the next six weeks. His former Aussie quick, Damien Fleming, two times Ashes winner. And my right-hand man, as always, Brat Sunder Racent. Lads, good morning. So much to get through, but we have the unlikeliest thread to begin with. Mitchell Marsh. Baz, I know you've been talking with it with Jared before. He's marked his run-up out. We still have no idea truly what's going on. Uh, we don't, and the only man I haven't seen so far uh, in the Aussie camp is Manus Labushin, which generally means he's in the nets with Michael Divino. No, I've seen Manus. He's been around. Uh, he's been around. Um, maybe a bit of shadow run-up by Mitchell Marsh. If he walks out for the toss, you know the Aussies are playing games, <laughs> don't you? It, it, it's either, it's either, they've either punked all of us at, at some epic sort of ruse, because you just don't see that, right? I mean, I get the COVID era we had extra guys warming up and so on but you wouldn't be marking your run up out it, it, unless it's uh, unless it's foxing or, or there is something going on that we haven't yet worked well out. the only way he plays if camp green's injured yeah. who's so also marked his run up out yes so it might be a team balancing it could be a batter's injured that we don't don't know about improbable he'd be playing as a frontline seamer i mean that's why it's so perplexing it, what's going on but i suppose we'll yeah, I find think... that out in about 25 minutes time when they do the Barats, man Michael Neeser would be coming in. <laughs> you would hope so in that yeah, scenario. And he bats okay. He does. He's scoring hundreds in county cricket. No, I think it was just Mitch Marsh being Mitch Marsh. And the thing is, he didn't mark his run-up at the other end. He did at this end. Uh, and he was helping out with the other bowlers at the other end. And he hasn't warmed up so far. He went straight from the marking run-up session to uh, kicking the footy with some of the other reserve players. <laughs> and he's just standing around now uh, from where we are sat. Cummins and Hazelwood warming up. Uh, but the call to leave Mitchell Stark out, uh, Flem, uh, I don't know what you make of it. Uh, Josh Hazelwood has looked beautiful in the nets in the last few days, and he's bowled long spells, so the body's good. Uh, he's on top of his game. But to leave the one point of difference you have in this attack, which is Mitchell Stark, uh, for me is quite the decision. Yeah, I'll tell you what, just with everything, even chucking in that Mitchell Marsh, just the intrigue coming into this series, it's only adding to it. We're all so nervous. We all can't wait for it to start. And they kept um, throwing little things like Marshy booing out his run-ups. Um, no, I had Stark in. Um, and for the reasons you just suggested. Um, and then on top of that was, um, I like his batting at eight. I, I just think we have a long tail with mm. Cummins batting has regressed Um from a promising start as a, as a bowling all-rounder. Um, and then it's line at nine, you know, Bolo or Hazelwood at 10 or 11. So that, that's a long tail for me. And we spoke earlier, Colo, didn't we? Mm. Um, great question from, uh, I can't remember if it was Jared or Derm, you know, who wouldn't England mm. want mm -hmm. to play? And I think baseball is built around um, predictable ability of the bowling team. So we've, we've got Cummins and... Um, Boland and Hazelwood, Greeny to a degree, who, who bowl a fantastic bouncy stock ball. But it is quite predictable. So if you're going to advance down the pitch, you know it's going to be around that six-metre mark. You can go back in your crease and you can lap. Mitchell Stark, I, I, I think he, it's hard to advance to. Um, and, and, and to lap, you take a risk because Stark, he just doesn't mm. have the same control. Um, he swings the ball more than any other Australian player. He bowls a good length less yeah. than those mm. four bowlers. Um, and he does, they call him the mop. He, he mops up the tail and, and you can take the mickey at him for that. But we know, you know, tail end runs in ashes, you know, batting with, um, you know, like a Bearstow at England mm. or, or a Carey who is so, showing some great signs of, of his ability to bat with the tail. Um you take all those factors out when you don't have Mitchell Stark.
And what a ground for it, Flem, this week. I mean, it's, it, it's a gorgeous day. Not a cloud in the sky. 27 degrees forecast. Off. It feels perfect. like midsummer. It's like if we were constructing the perfect day and indeed the perfect commentary position right down the barrel <laughs> where we are here at Edgbaston. No, we could umpire, couldn't we? We, we could, could seriously we could. umpire Absolutely, from here. Yeah. It doesn't get any, any better than this. We know the Holy Stand will be roaring uh, later on this morning as they do when they get lubricated. No, nuts. That's not overplaying the point either. That's a big part of the, the culture in, in that part you of the ground. You don't want to be fielding their collar. No, I wouldn't have thought so. We were here, Flem, for the World Cup semi-final in 2019 oh, when horrible. England thrashed Australia. And it was, it was loud out there, as it was in the 2019 Ashes on day one when Warner and Smith played for the first time. This is my long way of getting to Stephen Smith. Made 144 and 142 on that occasion. The, the 100 on day one, it was 8 for 122 when Peter Siddle walked out with him. Yes, uh, and he turned out one of the most extraordinary performances ever by an Australian batsman. He's made seven Ashes tons in his last 11 test matches. He, he is the antidote to baseball uh, because he can bat for not only sessions of a time, like the way the England batters do, he can bat for days at a time. And if, if Smith and or Labuschagne can put in a, a big old shift like that today, it'll make it that much harder for England to do their thing. Yeah, bro, I, I thought that that was a great test 100 against India in the test championship. Yeah, yeah. Travis Head got all the accolades, mm. and, and so he should, because, you know, that, that that's an unbelievable 100 at a run of ball under that much pressure. But that can't be done without Smith's ability to bat tough early when Australia were under the pump. And then, you know, no ego, happy happy to get singles, to get Travis Head the strike because he was going really... And then when he finally dismissed Smith, he was he was, he was narky. Mm. He wanted to go big. He'll be disappointed with his shot in the second innings. Um, you know, as big as 2019 was, th- this series could be even bigger for Stephen Smith because I still think... They're the test champs now, when you introduce, you know what I love about, you know, even just introducing myself, I love that you said um, one, two Ashes series because they're so <laughs> yeah, much bigger exactly. than any other series. Australia-India is getting there, mm. but, you know, like that is something at the end of your career to, to know that you, you were part of two winning Ashes series. But now that this lineup here can add in and also been at least a test champion once, mm. you know, the younger mm. boys in the team will, will hope for that's three times. Well, eight of the guys in this 11, in all probability, the 11 we expected played 37 test matches or more. And I think, Brad, that tells a story of, of a side that's kind of perhaps not, a, they've reached their peak. Clearly, that was last week, the World mm. Test Championship final. But a lot of them are on the other side. They're getting towards the end. And what it would mean for them winning in England for the first time in 22 years, you've been with them a lot over the last two or three years um, with them more than any other reporter. Um, the sense you get from being close to the group about what winning in England would constitute? Especially this series. Uh, like Flem said, nothing comes close to winning the Ashes. Yes, the World Test Championship was a great moment for Australian cricket and for this lot. You've stuck together for so long. But this is a clash of cultures we are seeing. And, and just what you said there, Adam, these guys have been together. They've played a brand of test cricket which has worked wonderfully for them, not just at home, but away as well. Three very difficult tours of the subcontinent. Yes, they didn't win everywhere, but what we saw in Pakistan, the way they dealt with the spinning conditions in Sri Lanka, and the way they fought back in India, they should have won in Delhi, let's not forget, Mm, mm. uh, tells you that they, they find solutions, and they believe that their brand of cricket works. And on the other hand, you have England who, in their opinion, are reinventing the sport and feel that's where test cricket should head. Uh, so I think it's, it's a beautiful coming together of these two uh, cultures. And, and like you said, for, for 
Pat Cummins. The coronation happened at the Oval with the <laughs> World Test Championship final. But this is where he can really stamp in his authority over what is Australian cricket. Let's take our first break on SEN Test Cricket here at Edgbaston. Our pre-game is for drink-wise. Remember, if you're drinking two drink-wise. On the other side of the break, for the first time this summer, Daniel Norcross will be jumping on with the great Jeremy Caney, former New Zealand skipper, with us for the whole Ashes series and our excellent statistician, Phil Long. Back with them in a couple of minutes.